Hi, everybody. Good morning, Matthew. Teach you how to make money with traveling the world. And Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery. Thanks to our co-host, our daughter, Rianne. It's actually Halloween today, October 31st, 2017, and our daughter is dressed up as a Minnie Mouse. And we're actually in San Diego, Chile, and surprisingly enough, they actually celebrate Halloween. We're able to get a costume, and we're going to be going trick-or-treating. They don't do trick-or-treating in the houses like they do in Canada or the U.S. or in other parts of the world, but they do trick-or-treating at the shopping mall. So we're going to go to the shopping mall, and we're going to go get some candy, right? Fantastic. When we travel, we love exploring different uh, festivals and different holidays and seeing how different cultures do it. We're currently on a trip around South America. We've been to 12 countries out of the 13 and so far, and we have one more to go, Uruguay. And uh, one of our big uh, goals as a family is to visit every country in the world. And we love interviewing fellow world travelers, fellow uh, people with that same mission, same goal. Uh, right now, only a few hundred people have been to every country in the world. And our guest today is Arby, and he's already been to 170 countries and he only has 15 countries more to go before he reaches his big goal. We're only at 73, so we still have a long way to go, but uh, we're, we're inching our way up uh, country by country by country, and soon we'll get there as well. And yeah, yeah, we definitely want to be one of the first families in human history to visit every country. So on today's interview, we're going to be interviewing Harvey about his uh, travels around the world, about some of his favorite places, uh, every country, and much more. So Harvey, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Rick. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's a little cloudy here, but I'm sure it's beautiful where you are in, in Chile. Yes, we're actually in an Airbnb. Uh, we're renting an Airbnb for a week, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful uh, sunny day here today. It's at the uh, uh, midst of summer, uh, obviously, in the Southern Hemisphere. It's the opposite of uh, over there in the Northern Hemisphere, so a little bit strange to be in the summer while uh, in, back in our hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada. It's uh, cloudy and gloomy and rainy and winter, so we're definitely looking forward to summer here in South America. Uh, so, Arvi, uh, you know, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Why don't we get to know you a little bit better? If you want to do a quick introduction and share a little bit more about yourself. Well, my full name is Arvinder Singh Bahal. I'm of the Sikh faith. I was born in India uh, in the city called Agra, where Taj Mahal is. And uh, I've been in the United States since 1975. And uh, traveling is my passion. It's like uh, I don't even finish one uh, destination and before even I get home I'm already planning the next one I normally travel every six weeks to two months in fact I just came back uh, for the second time or the third time actually I went to Cyprus and Moldova and uh, Bucharest I just got back uh, day before yesterday and uh, December uh, November 29th I'm going to India uh, where I was born, and I'm going to go visit the Hornbell Festival there in Nagaland. Uh, and then if I have a couple of more days, I may go to Bhutan, because on uh, December 13th, they have another festival in Bhutan. I may want to go see that. So traveling is my passion. And uh, as, I, as you said, I've been to 178 countries, which is my favorite. That's a very hard... I uh, think to decide. 
I can tell you which my least favorite place would be, but I can't tell you which is my favorite place. Uh, I definitely struggle with that too when people ask us our favorite country. It's not just one, it's many, many, many countries. Our favorite country in North America, South America, Asia, Africa, you know, uh, Europe, etc. So definitely multiple favorite countries. But um, so uh, we have something because uh, my background is Indian. Uh, my parents are from the South, uh, from Karnataka and Mangalore, and they actually immigrated uh, to Canada. And then I was born there, and my kids are born in Canada. But we definitely have some uh, similar roots there from India. No, so, absolutely. I didn't realize that. But, uh, you know, as I was saying, I can say I've been to 178 countries. Have I seen everything in every country? That's not possible. It's, uh, I mean, you know, I can go around. Uh, I was born in India. Have I seen everything in India? Not really. I've been to, you know, the tourist places and some other places where I grew up or I studied. But there's so much to see there. Like India and China are my favorite places to go to because the culture goes back so many years before before Christ. You know, I mean, uh, it's 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 amazing the tradition, the culture, the languages. It's amazing to visit places and see. You know, I mean, of course, we are all human beings. Uh, we all have the same likes and dislikes. But to get to our likes, the traditions make it different in different countries. It's, it's, it's amazing to talk to people. Uh, and when they say something, you know what the ultimate goal is. Everybody likes to travel. But some travel by plane, some travel by train, some travel by foot, some travel by cars. It's it, the goal is the same, but getting there is a, in a different way. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, we love overland travel as much as possible in South America. Uh, yeah, we've been traveling pretty much uh, mostly overland by uh, the local buses, and it's very difficult. I mean, even here to get to San Diego, we were in San Pedro de Atacama in the, the northern Chile. It took us about 22 hours by bus. So now we're relaxing in San Diego for about a week. And we need that. So, you know, in the midst of our long travels, we need some break and rest and relaxation. And not even now we're not even sightseeing. We're just enjoying walking around, eating local food, etc. So I'm really curious about your journey, Arvi. Uh, why don't we unpack it a little bit? You're actually uh, from the north of India. immigrated to the U.S. Uh, tell us about that story. What made you move? To America? Well, I was a youngster and uh, I, I went through service selection board and I was selected to go through the National Defense Academy of India, which is like the West Point in America. I used to ride for the Indian team and I fell off a horse and fractured my skull and I'm deaf from right ear. So I got boarded out uh, because I couldn't get my commission. So in my second uh, second last term, I was boarded out because of my deafness. And then I managed tea plantations for an English company, a Scottish company in India. I had about 7,000 people working on the plantation and I was one of the managers there. And then India started uh, retrenching, telling all the foreign investors to leave India. And the local companies were buying all the plantations, and they won't give us all the perks that we had when I was working for a sterling company. So I started import-export business, and I came to America looking for people to uh, buy my merchandise. That time, the, uh, the fabric called Madras was very popular, 
And when I came here, I liked it. I went back to India a couple of times. I came back and I asked, uh, invested money and uh, started importing stuff. And I got applied for a green card. And uh, I got my green card in 1979. And by, 70, by 1982, I was a citizen. And since then, because on an Indian passport, it was very difficult to travel. You had to get a visa to every country in the world, probably. So, but it was, it was good. I traveled to Taiwan at that time. I traveled to Iran and Iraq at that time with the Indian passport. But uh, after I got my uh, American passport, it became much easier to travel to, especially to Europe. And I finished every country in Europe. And uh, I never thought of completing 193. It just happened that when I was traveling, I saw everybody talking about finishing 193. And then I thought, well, might as well make that a goal too. So since then, I've been traveling and want to complete 193. And most of the companies, countries left that I have to go to are basically in Africa and one country in South America, which is Suriname. And I'll probably go to Suriname sometime, maybe in uh, February or March. And But I'll finish two more countries in Africa because me and my wife are going on a cruise on uh, January 13th, uh, which goes to Western African countries. So I'll touch two African countries by then. So that's my story. Um Amazing, amazing. Uh, we are actually in Suriname, so that was one country that we did. Uh, we were actually in French Guiana, then we crossed over to Suriname and then crossed over to Guyana. Suriname is definitely a very beautiful place, especially the capital, Paramaribo, and a lot of uh, Dutch colonial architecture. So, mm -hmm. curious about your travels, uh, what have been some of the most challenging places to get to in terms of the political situation or visas or just logistical difficulties? What were some of the challenges? Saudi, Saudi Arabia was one of the difficult ones. Uh, Russia was difficult. I went to North Pole. Uh, I had to go to uh, Russia, but Russia only gave a single entry visa, so it was very difficult. Uh, had to fly to uh, Murmansk and then leave from Murmansk. Couldn't, uh, uh, you know, had to go to Finland and fly to Murmansk and then got back to Murmansk and fly back to uh, Finland. Uh, single entry visa was difficult at that situation. But now I have a three-year multiple entry visa into Russia. Uh, other difficult place to get to, I haven't tried, uh, been trying actually to get to Angola. That visa is pretty hard to get to right now. Uh, but I was told by some people that they relaxed a little bit. So I'm going to try that sometime uh, middle of next year. I want to finish every country by end of 2019. To beginning of 2019, middle of 2019, I want to finish every country. Awesome. Just, uh, just over a year ago to uh, visit these 15, and obviously these 15 are some of the hardest ones. Uh, so tell us about when the visas are difficult uh, uh, or the, like, the political situation is not good or there's a war. How do you handle it in terms of getting the visa or dealing with the, the conflict, the political situation, etc.? Well, some of the places where I've, I've been... Uh, they will be pretty hard to get to now, like Syria. Syria, you can't get there now. But I went there about 10 years, 15 years ago, which was, you know, easy and it's a beautiful place. Same with Yemen. Uh, the difficult place that I had to go to was uh, uh, 
Saudi Arabia, it was difficult to get a visa. But I knew somebody who were able to get me a business visa. So I went there on a business visa and then had to be be with a kind of a group who uh, we had police escorts with us all the time to go everywhere. But we went to every place in Saudi Arabia, starting from the Yemenis border, a town called Hale, all the way to Riyadh, Jeddah, uh, Mad- Makkah, Medina outside. I was not allowed to go inside because I'm a non-Muslim. And uh, it was it was good. You know, always it's always uh, the challenge of getting a visa and getting to the place. It gives you a fal- uh, feeling of accomplishment. You know, you've done something. If it's, you know, you go someplace and it's easy to get a visa, you get there. Okay, I've done that, been there. But when it's difficult to get a visa, you get a visa and get there, it's more exciting. Yeah, it's more rewarding when it's harder to get to. Like, uh, for example, we're here in South America and we were in Colombia and we were deciding should we go to Venezuela or not because of the political situation right now. And we decided, okay, let's at least go to the border, cross over, spend a night there. And uh, uh, it was very rewarding. And we were able to do like crossover. Uh, we took a bus uh, about an hour from the border. And then we decided, okay, it's probably too dangerous to go into the capital, Caracas, uh, right now. Uh, but uh, uh, that felt uh, very accomplished because most people coming to South America now. Now, they're like, okay, I've been in every country except Venezuela, except Venezuela. So uh, I can definitely I, uh, relate. I have a funny story to tell you about Venezuela. I had some real estate in Boston, and there was a kid from Venezuela who was renting my apartment. So when he finished his graduate, he graduated from MIT and went back to Venezuela. He said, Arvi, you should come and visit me. So I went to visit him, and he was the son of then the prime minister or president or whatever it was, Mr. Perez, his son. So the minute I landed, uh, we were flown by a helicopter to his private house in Maracay, which is about, uh, I don't know how far it is from uh, San Jose, but we went there and it was a fascinating trip. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, The house staying with them and the parties they had, it was fantastic, fantastic feeling. But you can't even get there right now. I mean, there's problems there you know what's going on in venezuela but did you uh, yeah. ever get a chance to go to the uh, uh, countryside to uh, a town called maracay it, it's uh, no because because again we were a little bit afraid to uh, travel around because of the situation we only crossed over the border went in an hour from the border slept in a hotel hung out there, had some lunch, got some haircuts, and then uh, decided to go back to Colombia where it's much safer, where we didn't, uh, we didn't want to risk ourselves, obviously, for the safety issues. Colombia was another uh, scary moment for me. Uh, I was in Madeline, and uh, we were atten- I was there to attend a wedding of a friend, and they took us into the mountain where the gorillas were, and they had a Sunday market, and I was taking pictures. Uh, a guy came and took my camera, those days, the, it was a film camera. He took my camera, took the film out, and threw the film out. He wouldn't take me, let me take pictures there. It was kind of a scary moment, but only film was lost. Nothing happened to me. Yeah, that's the main thing, that, that you're uh, safe and secure. You know, if we lose that stuff, uh, you know, we can always get more stuff. But uh, help is the most important. So, uh, Arvi, uh, you mentioned you have about 15 countries to go. You mentioned Suriname. Uh, are, are all the other countries besides Suriname in Africa, the, the other 14 countries? or Yes, most, uh, of them in, most of them in Africa, yes. Yes. Anywhere else besides Suriname and Africa? Uh, well, there are other, you know, territories which... Uh, 
in the Pacific Islands or, you know, places like like uh, St. Helena. I like to go there, but they're difficult to get to. I'll get there after I complete uh, my 193. So what, what, are the, what are some of the countries uh, that you're still to go that you're most looking forward to visiting in Africa? Well, uh, uh, I would say Niger will be one. Uh, Djibouti, small country. I passed through Djibouti before. I've landed there, but I never get got to go into the city. Uh, it's a city state, so I wasn't able to get in there anyway. Uh, uh, Gabon, I'd like to go there. Uh, Malawi would be interesting to go. But uh, I have a friend in uh, Botswana who's a civil engineer. He made all the roads uh, in most of the southern Africa. So whenever I get there, I go with him and we drive thousands of miles like I drove from Botswana to uh, Zimbabwe, uh, to Chobi National Park, to the Okiwanga area. And then last time I was there, I went to Namibia. We drove all the way from uh, Botswana Gabroni to uh, Windhoek and then went to uh, Sakabound. We drove almost like 3,000 miles. So, you know, I mean, African countries are hard to get to because you have to make a base in Africa and they don't have between countries flights. You have to make a base, come back there, like to go to Malawi. I'll have say I have a base in Johannesburg, go to Malawi, come back and then go to Gabon. There, there's no flight between Malawi and Gabon, say. Yeah, definitely one of the most challenging continents, and a lot of people leave that to last. Uh, you know, most of the people I talk to, they're like, okay, I've done most continents except for Africa and Antarctica. Africa and Antarctica. I've been to Antarctica about four times. I crossed the whole Antarctic Circle from New Zealand to Oshwaya, Argentina. Uh, that was 35 days in a ice-rated vehicle. Uh, we were very lucky. The ocean was quiet and we were able to take off on a helicopter from the ship and land at McMurdo Station. Also, we landed at a place called Dry Valley, uh, where in million years it has not rained there. And that's where they trained uh, the rover, uh, tested the rover, which went to Mars, because if you could survive there, you could survive on Mars, they say. And only about, I think, less than 100 people have ever set foot on the Dry Valley. And those were only research scientists. I mean, it's uh, a valley. How did you manage to get that then? How did you qualify to get in there? Well, we we were on this ship and we had three helicopters. And, you know, you can get, I mean, if you're there and you ocean is quiet and there's no wind, they take off in a helicopter and land there. We were lucky. But the minute we landed there, we were told, okay, 20 minutes, we got to get out of here. And we left, by the time we landed back on the ship, the, the wind picked up about 100 miles an hour and the ocean became very rough. If we were just lucky that we were able to do that. Amazing, amazing. And uh, you know, one of the big questions people have is the whole financial thing. So tell us about how you're able to fund your travels around the world. Oh, well, you know, I have real estate and I get my income from real estate or whatever I get. Whatever was left over after living expenses, I spend on travel. You know, I I don't buy awesome. uh, buy souvenirs. I buy memories. 
I travel and I buy memories. I don't buy souvenirs, spend money on souvenirs. Since you're an avid real estate investor, any tips, advice for people who want to get into real estate investing from your years and decades of experience in the area? Well, the only thing I can say is never, ever look for a short-term gain. Always plan for a long-term, plan long-term real estate investment. If you have the holding power, you'll always make out. Short-term, you may get a deal, you may flip it, make some money. But that's very, very rare kind of a thing. You have to have long-term uh, investments in real estate. Great, great tip, great tip. Uh, so are we, uh, one of your other major goals besides visiting every country on the earth is to visit outer space. Uh, so you actually, uh, you know, uh, um, on in, in the lineup, uh, to go there with Richard Branson, uh, potentially mm -hmm. next year, the year after. Tell us about how you got involved with that project, uh, Arvi. Well, about, I think it was about six, seven years ago when I heard that uh, uh, Sir uh, Richard Branson had started a company called Virgin Galactic, which was going to space, taking private citizens to space. And I've always wanted to do that. So when I heard about it, I got in touch with them and met their rep in New York. They were uh, displaying the first shuttle that they made. Uh, after the X price, uh, X price that they had got. So I went to see that and signed up then. And uh, we had a little mishap in 2015, I think, October, uh, when uh, pilot perished testing the shuttle. But now we're on the verge. They should be, hopefully, I was with them uh, about a couple of months ago when I heard that uh, they should have they should probably be ready to take passengers up by end of this year, if not by March next year. And then my turn would probably come probably middle of next year or probably end of next year. That is amazing. So what is the preparation needed? What do you need to prepare uh, in terms of like physically, mentally, logistically? What do you need uh, to get to Logistically, all you need is money to buy the ticket. <laughs> And uh, training-wise, it's it's very little because it's all, you know, you don't need training to get on a plane. So basically, it's just uh, before you go, they have uh, zero gravity uh, that you get into. And, you know, I mean, there's no age restriction. There's nothing. I mean, it's, it's basically like a little bit of training, maybe a couple of days before we go, they'll train. But I have done uh, all the training with... Uh, uh, at NASA in Florida and in Huntsville, Alabama. I did the zero gravity training with them. And uh, now they have uh, these parabolic flights that you can buy. Uh, anyone can actually buy it. It costs about 3000 to $4,000. You can get in the plane and you go up and uh, they do parabolic moments where you have weightlessness for a few minutes at a time. And how long will that trip be? It's, uh, it's supposed to be about four hours to take up to landing and about uh, five to seven minutes of weightlessness. It's based on a, a shuttlecock. You know, you play uh, badminton. No matter how you hit the shuttlecock, it always falls down with the, with the head down, head facing down. So it's basically based on that principle. 
it goes up to about 100 miles above earth and then starts dropping back like a shuttle incredible uh, definitely looking forward to hearing about uh, that journey to come uh, so uh, tell us about uh, some of the other major uh, bucket list items so once you finish your 193 once you go to outer space what are some of the other things because those are two major life accomplishments that most people will never get to do and you know you're on the verge of doing those in the next couple of years any other major uh, items still to go well you know i'm a very uh, satisfied human being i have no uh, expectations or crazy desires uh, i take life as it comes i mean i try to travel as much as i can and you know i enjoy that and i'll probably go around to same places i've been to before and see different places different things uh basically that's about it and my kids are more important my family is more important to me so that's about it and you know obviously that's one of my big passions too so out of your travels uh you know uh, when your family joins you are there any highlights from the family perspective because you've shared a lot of the solo travels but what about from your wife's and also the kids perspective uh, the family well, travels around? my wife doesn't like to do the crazy stuff that i go on like expeditions like uh, you know north pole and uh, uh, like the antarctica crossing or go to antarctica we going to cruise once a year as i said on january 13th uh, my wife will be going with me on the cruise we go from barbados to cape town that's when i'll touch two countries in africa and uh, you know it's it's i i like to spend time with my family my kids are grown up but still i see them almost every day Well, it's definitely very inspiring. I wish you the best as you uh, make your uh, your goal to this last 15 countries and obviously of course uh, going to outer space as well. It was great to connect with you and uh, thanks for sharing your amazing stories and insights all, today. All I want to say is, you know, there are 7 billion people in this world, almost 7,000 languages and uh, dialects in this world. White, black, Chinese, yellow Uh, brown skin different kind of people but we all are one human race no matter which country you go to where you go to we all have the same basic desires and we all have i mean of course the good and bad uh, is everywhere you know you can't say this country is bad that country bad things can happen in any country even in the best country in the world but still we are all human beings and uh, we all have the same desires and likes and i've never met anyone who doesn't like to travel yeah those are those are some definitely some great uh, parting thoughts there uh, you know uh, something uh, we can all learn from so thank you so much arvinder as great to chat with you today well, it's been a pleasure talking to you we'll get in touch keep in touch oh. and uh, we'll hopefully see you again sometime Yeah maybe we'll meet up uh, not just through Canada but we'll meet up in real life as well I look forward sure. to it. Sure. You you from uh, Canada. You're from Canada, right? I don't know if we'll be there where we're we'll be traveling around but uh, we're actually from uh, Vancouver BC Canada. Oh okay. Okay. I used to go skiing in Whistler. Beautiful place. Yeah, yeah definitely one of the best uh, ski resorts in uh, North America yeah. if not the yeah. world definitely amazing beautiful place. Thank you Ricky it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank thank you Darby. Uh, so yeah. thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of
Thanks, everyone. Happy travels. Thank you. Yep. Thank you.